Okay, everyone. Oh my gosh, that's loud. Holy shit. Okay. Is that too loud for you? No, it's okay. great. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Sometimes I'll hold this. You can always lean up to it. It's entirely okay. up to you. It's like if you want to be comfortable, like I really don't care. Okay. <laughs> there's no there's no rules and regulations here. Wow. Okay. I'm not going to cut this out, by the way. I'm leaving this whole part in. I love that. Authentic, you know? Yes. It's yeah. as authentic and as real as the fuck you mentality. So... Welcome back to another episode of the None Other Fuck You Mentality. If you guys are watching this, fantastic. If you guys are, are not, whatever, I can't even talk. Anyways, hi, I'm Lisa G. Welcome back to another episode of the Fuck You Mentality. Today we are doing my first in, in-person podcast in my home. Um, so this is my, my little home studio. And I have someone next to me who drove in from San Diego. And I want to give a little bit of backstory about her. I know her because I grew up obviously in the industry like no shit but I have been looking at her stuff learning from her stuff like learning from her as an individual kind of admiring her from afar and her education is what inspired me to create my own and it's so I was just telling her it's so surreal like the podcast has kind of opened up a lot of opportunities and kind of um, allowed me to meet a lot of like my idols and a lot of people that I've aspired to be in my life uh, so without further ado, please introduce yourself. Like, who the hell are you? What are we doing? And what's going on? Oh my gosh, thank you. Um, my name is Carly. I am the Blonde Chronicles on Instagram, and I'm so excited to be here. So thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm excited. Ooh, I'm freaking out, guys. <laughs> I was just on a live this morning, um, talking to our sock members, and I was like, guys, I'm having, I'm having Carly on there. And they're like. BCU. I was like, BCU. They're like, no fucking way. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's wild. Um, so Carly, I, I want to know, I, I was telling my podcast manager cause she helps me kind of decide like who I have on the podcast. And so she of course does her research and she's like, whoa, she does this, she does this. And I'm like, I know. Why do you think I want to have her on the podcast? So we are both in, like curious about what is, what's Carly's journey? Cause I don't think, I don't, I don't know you as a hairstylist. I know you as an educator. Yeah. So I want to know about like the hairstylist, Carly. Like how did that come about? Why did you get in this industry? Like what, what's that whole thing? Yeah. So, um, I started, I actually went to San Diego state right after high school. I thought I wanted to be a nurse, which is just psycho to me, but, um, I went to San Diego state for a year socially. It was like the best year of my life, but I academically, I was like, you know, this probably isn't for me. So I went to hair school. I was at 19, I think when I enrolled and I really wanted a career where I could sleep in late and make my own schedule. That was truly what I was like after with this career endeavor, which cracks me up now because I never sleep in. I have two little kids and I like can never right. sleep in and I do get to make my own schedule. So that panned out, but it took a while to get there. Um, so yeah, I was, I was decently into hair. I wasn't like Oh God, I, I knew I wanted to be a hairstylist from the moment I, you know, from three years old. It was nothing like that. So I went to beauty school, thought I wanted a career where I can sleep in late, like this might be fun. And then I ended up just loving doing hair once I got to school. I, I found that I really had a passion for it. So I started off, uh, it was 2007, so it was a different time for the hair industry. There was just a lot of, I don't know, it was just, it was a different time. People felt differently about hairstylists, I feel like. So I started my career slowly, had very few clients. I always say I was like an anxious mess doing hair probably for the first like six, honestly, 
six, eight years, it started to get better. I would say after like year six, I was like, okay, I kind of feel like I sort of know what I'm doing here. But in the beginning, I felt very like, did I make the wrong decision? Was this even the right career choice for me? Didn't really completely understand anything. It was kind of hoping for the best with a lot of color applications and stuff like that. So I finally started to feel confident and get in my groove a little bit. And I've worked in San Diego in like a four block radius for my entire career, basically, which was, yeah, which was really helpful. And then I, yeah, in 2018, I kind of started dabbling in education. And then in 2020, when COVID happened, I had all these classes planned and I couldn't go do the classes because obviously COVID shut everything down. So then I launched BCU and that was kind of where everything just, you know, my online education kind of started to happen. So it's been a journey, but yeah, I, I doing hair behind the chair obviously was the main part of my career for the first 14 years, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been a journey. <laughs> BCU is only three years old. Yeah, I know. It's wild. I just told you, I was like, oh, I've been following you my whole career. I thought, I don't know why, I thought BCU was like 10 years old. No, I mean, yeah, I launched it April 20th of 2020. So it's like three and a half. Yeah. So you launched it like right before, like, no, actually right after COVID. Yeah. Because March, it was March and then April. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, basically everything shut down. My assistant and I had been talking about... Like, oh, this would be a cool idea. Nobody, now there's a lot of online education subscriptions and Absolutely. similar, but, and there really wasn't that many then. No. There was like very few. So I thought, oh, this would be cool, but I didn't really have time to devote to it because I was working behind the chair like a very full four days a week. I had um, a little kid. I had, you know, just life and stuff. So I was also traveling to teach classes. So mm-hmm. I didn't really have time. And then COVID happened. I was like, well, shit, I better figure it out now now's my now's Now's your chance yeah yeah so okay this this podcast is taking a different a different (laughs) direction here so i okay so bcu is only three years old yeah and it happened basically prime time yeah and it happened at like probably one of the most one of the best times you could ever possibly do something like this at the time, because fuck, that was only three years ago, but I feel like the virtual education world of hairdressers has totally evolved. Exploded since then, yeah. What was your inspiration then? I really felt passionate about an opportunity for stylists to learn for like a lower price. I didn't want to exclude anybody from education. I felt like, you know, at that point, because when I joined the industry, there was no independent education. I was Absolutely. like, if you wanted to get go to a class, you had to go to a hair show, take a redkin class from somebody on stage it wasn't like you could go to a hairstylist that you love how they work they're going to teach you their skills they're going to work for a brand and teach what the brand wants them to teach but even that was it just it was very hard to get education and consume it and then what happened was independent education took off and the classes were pricey which no shade to anybody like i think that's great yeah people should charge absolutely what they want to and need to charge but I felt like there was kind of this thing of, for one, not everybody can travel to attend a class. And it's and it's really, on a hairstylist, they can only go to so many places, mm-hmm. especially if you're working behind the chair. You can't hit every city. So I felt that there was a, a situation where maybe not everybody could get a class if they wanted to. So I had always thought of, how can I try to... Um, give up. <laughs> <laughs> how can I try to 
offer education for people at an affordable price, but like give it to a lot of people. And the only answer was virtual. So at that time, you know, like you said, COVID was the best time. Obviously it was a horrendous time for a lot of the world. And I feel very sad about what happened to people's businesses. But at that time I was kind of like, this could go one of two ways. People could be like, I have absolutely zero money to spend because pretty much every hairstylist was closed. Every salon was closed. And it was very unknown. So people could say, I have literally zero to spend or they could say okay this is very cheap so I can at least spend just this and still feel like I'm kind of getting some education like still being immersed in the beauty industry even though I'm shut down and it's at an affordable price it started at $15 a month it's still it's only $18 a month now and I yeah I just I really wanted to create a place where people could get education easily and they could consume it quickly because that's how I kind of like to consume things and edu- like education wise. I love going to in-person classes because there's a different kind of motivation and inspiration that you get from that. But when I'm just sitting in the back, like on my phone, whatever, mm-hmm. I loved just scrolling through Instagram, getting little tips and tricks. And I mm-hmm. felt like, okay, that, but more so that you could actually learn a start to finish look. You could learn a little bit more than just a 30 second reel can give you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's definitely evolved, but I, yeah, it, it the inspiration totally came from affordable education that's easy to access. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what? So, okay. I mean, that, that's kind of funny because that's like Sock's whole thing is affordable yeah. education. It's attainable. It's attainable, accessible, and affordable. Yeah. Because also the same thing. Growing yeah. up in the industry, didn't have access, couldn't afford it, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Um. So, but. How okay, so this this is where I'm like I'm curious and I'm sure people wanting because everyone deserves a space in the virtual education world if they want totally, it, you know? Absolutely. Was there anything that inspired you then? Because in 2020 there really wasn't yeah education like that. Or is it just something that you were like, oh, I'm gonna kind of just trial and error, like see what it looks like, see what it sounds like? Yeah, there pretty much. I mean, there really wasn't much. I think that uh, you know, at that time, Masters of Balayage with Ryan Whedon had, mm. he was doing online stuff, but it was a little bit different. He had like a certification program and blah, blah, blah. The whole idea of private Instagrams had kind of just started, like where somebody had their big Instagram and then they'd have a private account for like more in-depth info or like subscriber info, whatever. And like, honestly, a lot of people were doing stuff on Patreon now. There's, of course, you know, OnlyFans gals are doing it. Absolutely. And guys doing it a different way. But it's almost kind of like other industries are adopting this idea. Yeah. So why hasn't the hair industry kind of taken this on yet? And so BCU started as just a private Instagram page. I, like, a couple months before COVID, I had actually saved the Instagram handle at the.bcu because Mm. my... As my old assistant and I had been chatting and she's like, you should do this. You should launch this, whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I don't know if I would want to. And she's like, just save it. Just start with something. I had been at dinner with my friend and I was like, I'm kind of thinking of doing this online education thing. Like, I don't know what I'd call it. And she's not in the hair industry. And she's like, you should just call it Blonde Chronicles University. And I was like, oh, that's kind of genius. What? Yeah. So, um, and literally she, she doesn't do hair. She's been my friend for years and she came up with the name. So I, it started as a private Instagram account. And then I quickly realized that Instagram really doesn't 
offer a lot as far as like there's a lot missing from just having a private Instagram right so you can't you can't like save any content for like you can't favorite things and come back to them later you can't really stop a video and then start where you stopped you Mm -hmm. have to like watch the whole thing you can't search for things so I quickly realized okay I need to move this to like an online platform Mm -hmm. and so that's been a journey but at that point the inspiration was really kind of honestly other industries I felt like had kind of been doing this Mm -hmm. And why not bring it to the hair industry? So, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's just it's kind of a wild idea. And not that I was the first to come up with it, no, an idea no. of a private Instagram, but I was like, you know what, I'll try it. I'll see what happens. Just see what sticks. What have I got, what have I got to lose? Right. Yeah. So, um, you had just said, we talked earlier before we got on the podcast, that you just recently stopped doing hair. Yes. Very, like, within the last year. What I wanted to, I know we're kind of like going off topic on this, but that's fine. Um, actually, no, we're kind of we're kind of we're on kind the, of on the we're kind of on we're the topic. topic. Yeah, this is this is I'm like I just have all these questions. So yeah. Um, to give backstory to anyone who's listening, I also I I started education partly just because I wanted to obviously, but I like more of corrections. I like the more like yes. ishy stuff. Yeah, which is that serves a purpose as well. Totally, of course. So. But I was just telling Carly, I'm in this like weird crossroad where how on earth can I dedicate as much time as I dedicate to my clients to my company? You can't. No. It's impossible. So so now I'm in this crossroad. I was telling my boyfriend, I'm like, okay, 2024, I think I have to make the jump. And he's like, okay, like let's figure out financially does it make sense because you're so used to being a stylist and you're like quick income and it's just easy, whatever. So... I'd love to know, like, what was the journey of you finally being like, okay, like, this works. It's time to hit the, like, pedal to the metal. Like, how are we going to do this? A thousand percent, yeah. So, every big crossroads like that in my career mm-hmm. over the last, like, 16, almost 17 years, I have everything that felt like a risk like that where, oh, God, this could work out. I think it will, but there's a chance it might totally implode, has been just the best things have come from that. So it kind of got to a point, you know, I I had a family, so I wasn't just going to be completely irresponsible. Like, let me blow off all this guaranteed income. And I had built a clientele for like a solid 15 years, you know, so I had a really good clientele at that point and had really narrowed it down to people that I actually liked seeing every day and looked forward to doing their hair. And I kind of broke down the financials, of course, and that was a big part of it. But then it got to the point where and this is how every everything gets to with me, and I just I internally know I have to make a change. Is I was waking up every day, I had like a pit in my stomach because I'm like I'm so busy. I have to go into the salon. I have to. I know this content I have to make for. I know sound familiar. <laughs> and <laughs> please tell me more. Yeah, right. So I was just kind of at a breaking point every day. I, I never really felt fulfilled because I just felt I was kind of getting pulled in every direction, and. Everything was half-assed. Like, my clients were not getting my full attention because I knew in the back of my head, I'm like, I have all this stuff that I have to do as soon as I'm out of here. I was trying to fit in tiny little things into, like, 10-minute gaps of processing time. And I'm just like, this is not fair to my clients, really. And then on the other side, BCU kept growing, and I kept kind of realizing, okay, I need to also be there for these people who are looking to me to help them get confidence in the industry and feel you know, elevate their skills and whatnot. So, um, I just kind of made the decision that 
I, I lessened less and less. I got to like two days and then I would work like one day a week, but then it, it wasn't really sustainable. It still was, regardless if you're only working one or two days taking clients, you still are dealing with the interim stuff. Clients texting you, hey, I got to move this. I need to, can you order my extensions? And that stuff takes up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And so I really just kind of decided, I think I am in a good position where BCU is mostly replacing, can replace that income, but I just took a leap and I, I felt way better after because I was so, um, I was just, I was so drained at the end of every day, like not even physically, just mentally, mm-hmm. like too much going on. Mm-hmm. So that was the, that was the changing point for me, but it was, it was a risk for sure. That was the pivot. That was the pivot. You know, I talk a lot about with hairdressers. I tell them, okay, if you're coming home from work and you're dead tired and you're, you're, you're realizing I'm empty you know, what pivot in your business can you do? Like, are you taking the wrong clients? Are you taking services you don't like? Exactly. Um, You know, are you working too many days? Or, you know, things like that. And it's kind of funny because I would say that now I'm in a position where this this feeling is very different. Yeah, totally. I agree. It's such a, like, oh, yeah, I am really, really drained, and I do have that pick in my stomach, and I'm not motivated right now because I'm being pulled 8,000 different directions all at once. Yes. But gosh, it is so hard to let go of the one thing that created the other thing, you know, totally. because hair is, hair is a passion. Hair is not like a, like a job. You right. know what I mean? A thousand percent. And for me, I went through the whole thing of, am I going to be relevant if I'm not taking clients? That was a really, really big thing that I debated and I really had to go back and forth. And are people going to still want to learn from me, even though I'm not in the salon and the same grind as them? blah, blah, blah. And I just had to go back to, okay, well, do I want to be, have that behind my belt? And ultimately if I'm working one day a week, I'm taking three clients a week. Like, is that really, I mean, I did hair nonstop for 16 years. I like, I have experience and I have basically experienced everything that can sit down in your chair, every situation, every unhappy client, every anxiety. Like I dealt with all of that for so long that I felt like I could be still very relevant based on my previous experience and also I'm still doing hair like I take models to film content for BCU it's just on different terms like I'm you know I'm not saying clients please come pay me and let me do a service for you I'm saying can you be my model I have this that I want to do right and I feel though I feel like there's this misconception that you know people be like well you don't have a video on this on BCU you don't have a video of a bright red going to copper and it's like you don't need to know every single scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to have a library for like, oh, I need the red to bright blonde video now. It's like, if you know the basics of hair and you have the fundamentals nailed down, you can take on anything, yep. essentially. So I kind of just went back to that. Like, I have the fundamentals. I have worked at this job for a very long time and gone through all the things and seen all the things. So it feels okay to take a step back and I also just made the decision thinking if this doesn't work I can always go back to clients Mm -hmm. like maybe my my old clients have moved on but I will be able to get new clients I just felt confident in that and so I said if this sucks and I hate it and I like and the money is not the same or whatever then I will be okay going back to clients right but yeah it was a tough call because like you said it's I, I was feeling very unmotivated, so drained, just so it wasn't it wasn't helping anybody. Mm-hmm. So everybody was like not benefiting from it. 
Um, Sorry. Oh, you're good. <laughs> I think like something to like really drive home with what Carly is saying is there's so many different aspects of this career that are so fulfilling, you know. But all totally. over time, that fulfillment can change. Can Jesus can change? <laughs> yes. Um, and it's important to pivot and re- recognize with yourself when to make the pivot. And sometimes Absolutely. the pivot is probably the hardest thing you could ever do. Yeah. Um, because there's comfort in what you know. There's The unknown is extremely scary, but sometimes it's like the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. And it's like, you know you hate this, but at least you know it and you know what it's like every day and it's nothing new and unexpected. Mm-hmm. So I find that all the time too with hairstylists. They're like, I'm so burned out, I'm so drained. And then they'll go on and, and be like, oh, everybody I work with in my salon is so negative. Like, they talk shit about how I'm taking photos and trying to... I'm like, hello, get the fuck out of that Get out of it, yeah. Like, that will totally change... Or, like you're saying, just do you need to pivot what kind of clients you're seeing? Do you need to pivot your schedule? All that stuff. And sometimes it takes, like, courage to actually make that pivot and make that change because it's it's unknown and it's scary. Mm -hmm. But it can be so worth it. I think one of the biggest things are why I loved BCU, and I'm not again. I'm not here to like trash anybody else either, but there is <laughs> no, sure. an un, there is an unfortunate narrative that has that drove me to create sock, and it's the the financial aspect yes, of the totally. industry. Yep. Um, and what I really appreciated about BCU is it's not financially driven. It's yep. about just nurturing growth and community and just helping people. Like that's yeah. really like the that's really what it is. Um, and I wanted to point on that because that has a lot to do with your surroundings. So if you're in a salon setting where the only thing they're fixated on is finances and like the negativity and and not fixated on growth, that plays a huge role in how successful or not successful you can become. A thousand percent. I totally agree with that. And I think to some extent, it always has to be about a little bit more than the money because otherwise you're always going to, like it's my husband and I always talk about the disease of more. It's like you just can find yourself always wanting more. Like what amount of money is ever enough kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's true. And, you know, I get like I travel to teach classes and it is a shitload of work and there's a lot of expenses involved in that. And you have to fly there. You have to bring an assistant. You have to get lunch. Like all these things that can be expensive. So I 1,000% understand why people charge what they charge for education. But I felt like, okay, here's the virtual opportunity where there are expenses. Like, you know, I have a videographer and hire a professional to deal with stuff and pay for the hosting website and whatever. But I have the opportunity to offer it at an affordable price because it's not the same amount of like everything that's invested in like an in-person class or like a live, even like a live virtual class where it's guided kind of week by week or something. It's a lot. Um, You don't have that opportunity to make sure that it's not just completely Price focused, or I love the word you use. I don't remember. Financial but, driven. Yeah, there you go. That yeah. sounds a lot better. Um, so yes, like you said, not to bash anybody because we all should charge absolutely whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. But I do feel I do feel extremely passionate about the fact that you know somebody in there's a lot of hair school students in BCU and it's like these people probably some a lot of people probably aren't making any money. Mm-hmm. In fact, they're paying to go to school. So mm-hmm. how can we have something that's affordable? that they can actually, like, find that they get real value out of. Right, and grow out of. Yeah, totally. So, I love that the education at BCU is obviously, like, it's it's 
it's about nurturing growth. It's about empowering people, which that's yes. like absolutely fucking huge in this industry, you know? Yeah. Totally. Was, and obviously we don't have to speak about this, but was there any like moment in your career that really like sparked this burning desire to create something like that? I would say not a single moment. I would say just the beginning of my career where I felt, you know, I had, I, I'm very fortunate that my whole career I've worked in salons where everybody's extremely supportive. I've met my best friends in a salon. So I never had the situation where I could not go to my coworkers for advice. Like I always went to them and found myself really asking them for advice because like I mentioned, I was extremely unsure of myself in the first it's six years of my career, I would say, was the bulk of it. And I was always wishing, like, my my biggest gift would have been if I could have texted somebody or had a service. I always thought about that. Like, why can't I just, like, have somebody to ask these que- these very specific questions of and even bigger picture questions and bigger concepts that I didn't understand. And so that was the main driving thing, I would say. So not a single event, but just... Like, God, there's nothing where I can just have access to a person. And there were things, but they were so expensive Mm -hmm. that it was kind of like, well, that's not realistic for me. And I thought, if I have a thing where people can just send DMs or text something easy, why can't I just be that person for somebody? Mm -hmm. And I really, really was motivated by the fact that I know how I used to feel going into work every day, just uneasy. And I knew that I loved doing hair, but I constantly debated did I make the right choice? Because I felt like, okay, if I had made the right choice, I surely would have more of a freaking idea of what I was doing. You know, I just, every day I felt like I was kind of winging it, just hoping for the best. And that's not a fun feeling to have. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go into work, you want to feel somewhat confident, like, okay, I've got this. And it really took me a long time to get there. And I just thought, okay, if I'm feeling this way, I know someone else has to be feeling this way. And once I started talking about that and talking about my anxieties and the challenges that I had learning to do hair, it opened up like the floodgates. People were like, oh my God, that's how I feel. Like, thank you for saying that. Because I feel too often people are almost like afraid to get vulnerable like that, especially Mm -hmm. if you're in a position of being an educator. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will say, and if you've had other educators say this to me, like, well, I just, I'm nervous to say that stuff because what if nobody like trusts that I know what I'm doing? And I'm like, I am completely open about the fact that sometimes I have no fucking idea what I'm doing (laughs) and I think that's relatable because people are like I want people to say okay she has you know become an educator and she still feels like she has no clue what she's doing like there's hope for me to at least a have a successful career Mm -hmm. even if I feel like I'm completely fucking clueless and second of all people that want to get into education or work with brands like I want them to feel like there's hope to do that even if you still are kind of like my God, I have no clue about color theory. I'm not really sure about, I low lighting makes me feel confused. Toning, I don't really get it. Like there's still hope to do great things in this industry, even if you sometimes feel a little clueless. Right. Like it's going to be okay. I think it's important to say that we all feel a little stupid. A thousand percent. Yeah, we oh all have no idea what I, we're oh, doing. No, and I always say it, it's like, I don't feel like anybody, and people will say that they are and power, more power to them, but I don't feel like, hair color is just maybe you're naturally good at like blending or painting but it's not like you're naturally born in my opinion with this overwhelming understanding of how hair color works it's like i'm sorry you might be good at creating an artistic beautiful color but it's like are you just born good at formulation like i don't know it just seems 
like a no to me but mm-hmm. so that's kind of the thing it's like we're all a little bit stupid at some point like you Absolutely. said and yeah. that's what keeps like the that's what keeps like the desire going a thousand percent is knowing that you don't know everything exactly and that's the beauty in it exactly and there's always more to learn this industry is very unique in the sense that you can literally never stop learning yeah. like i'm still learning so much stuff every day every day same yeah. I, I want to talk about hair color because I, I was just talking to Jay, Jay Edwards. Do you know oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, I've never met him, but he seems really cool. Never met him either, but he's yeah. awesome, you know. Um, I just had a thing happen this past weekend. Did the color formula, like, I, I know color formula, whatever. And, yeah. But it didn't, do, it didn't do what I wanted it to do. And I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Okay. Um, all right. Worst all right. feeling. And it was with extensions, of course. So, of course, the top half is not, like, 100% blended. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, man, that's kind of defeating, you know? Yeah. And um, I'm always very open and honest. When I fuck up, I fuck up. Like, it Same, is what yeah. it is. We're human. And, like, hair is just hair, ultimately, at the end totally. of the day. You can fix yep. it. But I really, I loved him. I love him because he's also all about us, too. But he had just posted something very similar. Yeah. Almost the identical thing happened. Oh, my gosh. And I think it's important to know that, you know, someone who does teach in-person education has multiple successes has multiple yeah. salons and like does all these things he still fucks up oh totally and we all do and it's like reassuring to hear that right because yep. you're like oh my god thank god I actually posted something a while ago I started this little series like things I say when and it's mm-hmm. like you know awkward situations where you know because hair is so much about actually technical skills but it's so much about how creating relationships mm-hmm. with hair, with clients yes how you sell yourself all that mm-hmm. stuff so in awkward situations, kind of what stuff do you say? And I, and I did one on how do you, uh, what do I say when I met, when someone's hair doesn't turn out how I expected. And I posted what I said, you know, and someone commented like, but do you still mess up on anyone's hair? I was like, uh, absolutely. Yep. And more than I would like to admit sometimes, because it's, and it's just, I always say it's like, I trust my formula, blah, blah, blah. Like I, de- I know how to do hair decently at this point. I'm fine. But Hair is weird sometimes, and you just, it can be extremely unpredictable. No matter how much you prepare for the situation, sometimes you're still like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Like, that threw me off. Yeah. So, a thousand percent. There's definitely, it's reassuring to have people like Jay Edwards or like mm-hmm. you say, yeah, I messed this up. Yeah. It doesn't happen. It's supposed to. Yeah. No. It happens. I could go on and on and on about that. That's like one of my favorite things to talk about is yep. my... I think, and that's the point of, like, the podcast is, obviously, it's it's important to celebrate people's growth and important to celebrate, like, as an entrepreneur. Yeah. But um, oftentimes, we forget, and a lot of people who might admire us or, like, maybe even um, new to the industry or even envious, whatever, right. they often forget the mistakes and the, the, the trials and tributes and the things behind the scene a thousand percent. that kind of goes on. So the whole point of this is to just be... Hey, like, how did this happen? Like, where where did you go wrong? Did you make any mistakes? Whatever. Totally. Um, and that's my favorite part about this career. Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm like, hey, like, I've admired you my whole life. Like, I've always loved your stuff. Thank you. Like, like that's talk, you know? Yeah. Um, totally. Because there's that vulnerability aspect that just kind of keeps us human. And that's, I think, if there's one thing that I could tell anyone who listens to this podcast, like, to kind of, like, summarize, like, the feeling, like, the emotion that we're trying to sell here is... Yeah. There's someone who's a trailblazer in this industry. You know, she's kind of taken virtual education by the chokehold. If I'm, and I can say that you might Thank be you. like, oh, whatever. No, I can, I can say that. You know, I but who that. is still willing to have a conversation with somebody like myself, who's not been not doing it as long, is kind of newer to the virtual education world. Like, wants to just honestly just get to know you and like learn you and learn your journey and stuff. Um, it's important to. I lost my train of thought. Oh my god, I hate when that happens. It's Don't important worry. to realize. 
no matter at what level uh, the person you admire is at or just people are at, we're still human at the end of the day. So don't totally. ever feel kind of insecure by somebody or that that when you miss, you make a mistake, they never made that mistake. Like right. they're perfect, you know? Right. And I think it's, it's just important. And if they say they are, they're probably lying. They're lying. So, oh, 100%. Yeah. They're lying. Oh, and this is where I was going with it. There's a little bit of a narrative that kind of come, is like kind of in the industry right now where I'm seeing um, this level of perfectionism. And right. I, I'm sure you can probably understand, you're probably getting DMs like, well, I don't know about this, or I don't know about this, or this didn't turn out the way that I wanted to. So there's this like weird level of yeah. a unique perfectionism that I feel like is right. newer. Right. Probably because of social media. I was going to say, yeah. Um, what yeah. do you, like, what's something you could tell somebody to kind of combat that? Like, what do you, what do you feel is best for that? Yeah, I mean, I would say I totally agree that social media is the reason for that, probably because it's, there's so many more opportunities to compare yourself to people, whereas... This makes me sound like a fucking dinosaur, but when I started doing hair, you didn't have that opportunity, really. Mm -hmm. It was like you had your coworkers, and that was it. And you would go to these hair shows even, but the hair was not realistic salon life hair. Mm -hmm. Like, you did not go take a class at a hair show and think, oh, I'm going to take that back to the salon with me on Tuesday. It was like, I would never do that. It was very editorial. So you really didn't have the opportunity to compare yourself to everybody all the time. Like... 24 hours a day, you have the opportunity to look on social media and say, oh, shit, well, I could never do something like that, mm-hmm. which social media is such a curse and a blessing. I mean, I am so grateful for it, but it's also just an absolute mindfuck 100% of the time, and mm-hmm. I still get caught up in that. I'm still, like, comparing, doing the comparing Same. game all the time. It's impossible to not. So I would say you have to just keep in your heart and just know that there is 1,000% I can guarantee absolutely no way that these people that you're like following for education and looking up to, that they have not made the exact same mistakes. I mean, like I said, I don't think, even if you're like born with this innate ability to paint hair well, it's like, I'm sorry, you don't, you're not born with a, just a really intuitive sense of like, I'm going to do slices here, weaves here, and I'm going to space them this far apart. And then it's like, you're just (laughs) not, like you're just not. So Everybody started somewhere, and I just have to think about that. Even with social media, because that's another thing, like, nobody likes my posts, I'm trying everything, da 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 It's like every single person started at zero, mm-hmm. 1,000, there's, there's no way around it. Like, mm-hmm. you really have to start at zero, and everybody is probably just dealing with the same trials and tribulations that you are dealing with. Now, that's easier said than done to just believe that, but I think it's really, you just have to maintain that, like, mantra that... I am not alone in this mistake that I'm making and I'm not alone in this anxiety that I have or this what feels like I'm not getting anywhere kind of feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, I mean, I still have to go back and remind myself, like, is this going to be, am I, what am I doing? Like, I'm making a complete fuck up. Why, why is this happening to me? And it's like, no, no, it's probably happening to everybody. Just, a lot of people aren't really talking about it because... Yeah. You know, I do like to talk about my failures plenty of times, but if my whole business was just discussing how I fucked up my whole career, it probably wouldn't, probably wouldn't be great education. Yeah, yeah. That's, so that's a little too. Yeah, it has to be a, a fine balance. A balance, yeah, yeah a good balance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and to piggyback on that, 
uh, kind of like what you're talking about, like the, the pit in your stomach and like the troughs or the giraffe. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yes. And yeah. to be very frank with you, I will say this. There's not a lot of people that talk about that in particular. Totally. Um, yeah. But it's reassuring to hear from somebody who is, who has done it, who's been it, and who's like, hey, I've been at the crossroad and I took the ladder and this is where I am now. And obviously, I'm not here to compare my success to yours because that's very different, you know. But, but still, it is, yeah. it's still reassuring to say, okay, well, she was at that crossroad. Yeah. And she still made it. So I have hope. <laughs> totally. And you know what else I always think? Because maybe some people aren't at the crossroad of, like, take clients or do other projects. Maybe some people are at the crossroads of commission stylist first. I want to go on my own. Yep. Or something like that. You know, like, yep. a crossroads where they want to stop working Saturdays. And that feels like a huge adjustment because I was there as well. Stop yep. working nights and Saturdays. And that felt like, well, my whole fucking business is going to die after this. So... It's just that thing of, I always like to reassure myself and I always say, okay, what is the absolute literal worst case scenario? Like, what is the worst case for something like going from commission to booth rent? You're like, this is kind of a stretch, but I really feel like I am ready to kind of go on my own, do my own thing. And then I think, okay, what's the worst that happens? You do it for like five months and you're like, I'm making no money. I hate this. I hate being my own reception, whatever the thing is. And if you hate it, What's you could go back to doing a commission salon, maybe not the same salon, maybe you find a new one, but there's always an option. And once you kind of break down, and this is almost how I approach color too, things seem so confusing and so intense and so big when you look at just this one major idea. But when you actually break it down to the details, it's like, wait, I know how to do that. Like, mm-hmm. this is gonna be okay, you know. So, same thing with any big crossroads. I just kind of think, okay, what's the absolute worst case? And could I deal with the worst case scenario? Mm-hmm. You know, like we're talking about in this situation, it's like, I have no money. I'm like totally broke. Okay, could you go get clients again? Yeah, you totally could. Right. And then maybe you don't take on your full load of clients, but you take on some clients. Right. Just to just to make up for that loss of finance, financial, you know, from income, whatever. But I really think. I, it's scary, but those big decisions, I swear to God, have shaped my entire career and have been the ones I've been so thankful for. Every time I've made a move, for me, it's I basically went to booth renting like five months into my career, and I don't recommend Whoa, that. Whoa, that was fast. Was so stu- yeah, it was so stupid. I had like 1.5 clients. It was really dumb, but... <laughs> yeah, we can discuss that. That's a whole other thing. There's yeah. like a huge influx of people being like straight out of school, like, can I be a sweet owner? And I'm like, oh. I don't huge. want to tell you no, but like no, there's a don't huge, do that. I noticed that too. Huge influx, influx. And I'm wondering, I think commission salons get an unfairly bad rap. Yes, I agree. And I think there's this big like panacea of I want to be my own boss. That it's that thing. I like boss. I want to be a boss. I want to be, be my boss. own boss. Yeah, I want to be my own man. I make it the most money possible. Right. And I well, I respect that, and I make no, you know. I, I love making money too. Absolutely. Like I, there's there's something to be said for that. However, I always tell people like, okay, just so you know though, write down at least what you are going to be on the hook for every month because I feel like that's the struggle, especially with sweets. Sweets, man, that's that's a big adjustment. I'm not saying it's always the wrong idea, but yeah. if you're coming right out of school, it's a huge adjustment. Mm-hmm. But And you know what? Not only financially, but you don't have that camaraderie of working in a salon, which... I swear to God, got me through the first five years when I had no fucking idea what I was doing. Right. I swear to God, if I'd been in a suite in that time, I probably would have quit. Because right. it gets it gets lonely a little bit, you know? So, 100%. I was only for eight months, and I was like, nope, I'm good. Yeah. Thank you. It's very, it's very, it can feel isolating, but I digress. But yes, I agree with this kind of like very, very extreme shift to everybody wants to be in a suite or their own boss. And while I 
I totally think there's not one right answer for everybody. I do encourage people to actually look at, you know, the bigger picture of being a commission stylist, maybe to start out, just because there's this idea like a commission stylist are just taking our money. Like, no, not really. Honestly, you're going to be paying that money yourself out of your own paycheck and you're not going to get as many perks for it. Like right. at least, yes, there's, you know, commission salon owners deserve to get paid. They put they put everything on the line. They risked everything to build out the salon. Where I mean, they are on the hook, you know, a lot. And so it makes sense that they deserve some compensation for that. But I think there's this big idea of like, well, they're just stealing my money. It's like, well, no, they are taking a portion of something that, you know, what you're getting, but in return, you're getting things for it. in most I mean there are certainly bad yeah. commission situations but yeah. in a lot it can be a great great option yeah absolutely. I agree yeah. I think commission is super crucial crucial wow <laughs> crucial crucial and crucial Crucialing, yeah whatever um in anyone's career and I think like you said like the camaraderie is important um totally and the shift that I know we have both a habit had being alone is not is not as great as you think. I mean, it's great to like be alone in the sense of like creating like intimacy and like there's a whole other point with that. But totally. honestly, I've I've owned a salon, I've been a suite owner, I've done I've done Brunel, I've done commission, whatever. So My favorite part is being a part of a salon. I I agree. I love it. A one thousand percent. I and now are there are those people that I talk to and they're like, I love a suite. I would never. One of my best friends, she loves being in a suite. She's like, right. I love that I make the messes. I can clean them up if I don't like. They're that of part course, I do. yes. I don't know. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you one thousand percent. If I were to go back to take clients, I would work in a salon again. Yeah. The thing about the suite, and like you said, there are so many perks to it. Like it is. I think some clients like it more I think some clients actually like it less but mm-hmm. um it's split that way but for me you know I had an assistant and I was always double booking so at any given time there was usually four people in that room wow. it was a, it was a pretty big suite though it wasn't that cramped but my point with saying that is that if it was just me and somebody in a suite and that was it and I didn't have my assistant I didn't have another client I could see how if anybody's in that situation and they're really questioning is this job for me anymore like do mm-hmm. I really like it I'm lacking motivation could possibly consider could it be the environment of like do I do I need a little bit of like motivation around me and like people because sometimes that can be very inspiring like I said if the suite is for you I 1000% love that for you and I support you but mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people sometimes that go into a suite and they're just expecting it to be a lot of things that are gonna like save them in this industry kind of and then it mm-hmm. doesn't end up working out that way necessarily mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it's an interesting conversation though because it is really, it's a huge shift to people just wanting to go straight to that. Yeah, they just want to be alone. Straight I, to that. I think what's unfortunate is that I think a lot of people are just afraid of the commission salons because totally. of what the narrative has, has become. Yes. Um, but you just said something that kind of made me think. So I, when I was in the suite, I noticed myself, you said it just now and I was like, oh my God. Falling out of love with the industry, and yes. I was like, mm-hmm. I might have to get out of it because yes. I'm not in love with it anymore. Yep. But I've realized a common thread here. Innately, I'm an educator. It's right. a, it, not even with the hairstylist, but just in general. I love yes. helping people, right? Or maybe like giving them any sort of like advice or like my two cents, which sometimes can be a good thing, a bad thing, whatever. Right. <laughs> but it brought. I, I was looking at one of our questions. I was like, Oh my god, this kind of ties in beautifully. And I can see that with you. Like, I see a lot of myself in you in the sense of yeah. your innate passion 
has is an educator. Right. Would you say that you? How do I word that? Let me read this question. Yeah. yeah. Have you found that you're more passionate as an educator versus a stylist? Right. Great. Such a good question. Oh my gosh, I love that question. Um, I would say it's shifted. I don't know that I'm more passionate, but at a point it became that the education felt so much more fulfilling in a different yeah. way. Yeah. In now, a different way. Yes. Different way. Like, because there's something so fulfilling about giving a client a look that makes them feel confident. Like, that is really special. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, you get into, like, extensions and major transformations. It's like, you can change someone's fucking life. Like, within three hours sitting in your chair, which is so cool. And I think what I love about this industry at its core is that. I just love that... We have that ability to really change someone's confidence and the way that they feel about themselves. Like, that is so cool. Mm -hmm. But then I think it became, I had this other thing that, now, and if I had never gotten into education, would that have fulfilled me for the next 20 years? You know, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And I, you know, I won't know. Maybe my path, we'll see what the path, where the path goes. But I would say my passion has changed because the ability to help a stylist again like I know so well that anxious feeling just like that pit in your stomach when you're like oh fuck I have no clue what to do in this person like I feel lost to have somebody give them the tools where they may not feel that way and they might walk into work being like you know what I know exactly how to tackle this I know what I'm gonna do that is fulfilling absolutely just as fulfilling if not more and in a different way yeah right so I would say it re-sparked like some inspiration for the industry but I agree with you when I was in the suite after a year I'm kind of like okay is this is this the move for me I Mm -hmm. and you know what actually since not taking clients I will do like I'll have my days where I have somebody come in with my videographer we film start to finish look for my for BCU but then I, I was like, I miss that feeling of being in the salon with my friends. And I have a unique situation where most of my friends actually work in the same salon. Like oh, that's cool. All, a lot of us have worked together before. And um, my really good friend opened a salon and they all kind of work there. So that's cool. I was like, can I just come in like two days a month and just get content? And like, yeah. I just want to do models. And she's like, oh my God, of course. And so that has been one of the most fun things for me is to just be back in that environment and I'm like oh my god I remember why I am so obsessed with hair and mm-hmm. this whole industry like it really truly it took that for me to say holy shit like you know what I I am such I'm like an introvert extrovert like I yeah. want my time to recharge but I also am so fueled by other people and their energy and like I get inspired by that. And just the whole salon vibe. If you can find a good salon, like anybody listening to this that's like, oh, my salon sucks and I feel like shit when I go in there. Like, I, I encourage you, look around for mm-hmm. another opportunity. That shit's not going to change and you'll probably feel drained every single day when you go to work. Yep. So once I got back in there and I was just hanging out with my friends, I'm like, oh my God, like this is the best fucking job literally ever. Mm-hmm. And that's genuinely how I feel. And it's just so reassuring. It's It's the best feeling. I missed just like chatting with the girls and like That's chatting formulas is. or like even just like talking to the clients, like talking totally. shit, like talking about God knows what, you know? Yeah. Um, that's, Absolutely. I think that was like, I was at a salon, left it, went sweet. And then I was like, fuck, I, I think I might have to get out of the industry. But then I was like, no, Lisa, start guest spotting. Yeah. Just try and remember why you did it in the first place. Exactly. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's a positive salon environment. Do you know who Stevie is? Yeah, Steve in San Diego. Yeah, Stevie the salon. That's where I work. I work one of those oh, salons there. Stuff. She's so great. I forget. I love Stevie. Stevie, 
Her group, she has 30 girls. It's That sounds huge. And it's huge. They all, it's this so unique. Like, I've never seen 30 girls love each other. That's awesome. It is bizarre. That's I, so I mean, awesome. I, not bizarre, but like, yeah, it no. is bizarre, but yeah. I love it. Is it is bizarre. And seeing them and seeing their passion and seeing how they work together, yeah. I was I like, that. wow. And you she's know? so genuine. She's oh such a great God. person. Stevie, I could just bottle her up and put her in my pocket. Yeah. She's she's so wonderful. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I get these DMs sometimes. I was teaching a class a couple of weeks ago. And somebody brought up the question of, like, you know, the class was about um, things outside of hair. It was, like, social media, you want to get into education, whatever. And I taught it with my two friends. And somebody brought up the question of, in my salon, you know, I'm trying to take pictures and take videos. And the other girls are just talking shit about me. And they're talking in the bag about me. And I hear them. And they're talking about what I'm charging. And they're, like, talking shit about it. And she's, like, how do I overcome that? And I was, like, I... I'm going to make a bold statement here. Get the fuck out of that salon yep. and do it quickly. Yep. Because nothing feels more defeating and draining and will make you hate each day than having coworkers that are Against 100% unsupportive. Yes. Mm-hmm. It may, it will change your life. I am telling you. I am telling you. And I can honestly, like I said, I've been lucky enough that I've worked in only salons where people have been supportive. I've not personally been in that environment However, I feel like I hear enough from other people what it's like, and I can picture that, and I am here to promise you, and I think you could say this as well, you know, Stevie being an example, there are salons that will love you and support you, and when you get a nomination or when you get 100,000 followers or whatever your goal is, they will bring you balloons, they will bring you flowers, like they will mm-hmm. support you, mm-hmm. and to think that some people are, you know, they, they reach these big milestones, these big accomplishments, and they're like, and they're like, go to go to work and they're embarrassed to talk about it that's just that's horrible and mm-hmm. nobody should have to nobody should have to look like that you know mm-hmm. there's there's more in the industry than just shitty assholes that will judge you in a salon there there are salons that will support you and help you and help you reach the goals and and congratulate you when you get there mm-hmm. and i feel like that's all too often when people get out of the industry and i'm like no 100 percent, yeah and i i want to double down on that because i recently just left a salon that milestones they were like ew you know didn't support me it was a year long of just like toxic bullshit i hate that and but now i'm teaching myself and putting myself in these positions where i'm like i know that that's not true right i know that the industry is better than what that is yeah and unfortunately i've had multiple occasions like that which i'm like what the okay what am i i need to work on myself because i keep attracting people like this because we gotta work (laughs) on that that's a whole other layer of things you know right but that like I want to like drive that home, like what Carly is saying. There are there are good people. There are people who will yes. congratulate you. There are people who will support you. And this, although this industry I know is absolutely terrifying, right? Um, but the worst thing you could do is not reach out. A thousand percent. You know, and even in this yep. case, I reached out to Carly. Hey, I'd love to have you on. Like I'd love to just get to know you. Whatever. Right. There, there's so much power in that, and I know that it's so exhausting to like try and find your place. Yeah. But I promise you, it's worth it. Oh my God, a thousand percent. If I would have said at twelve years in that I'm sitting in California talking to Carly Zanoni, who's the owner of BCU, and like just having a casual, casual conversation, I would have told you you're fucking lying. Yeah. You know. No. But same with a lot of the stuff I'm doing. Yeah. Just pushing through and kind of trailblazing through and and finding your people and and 
we're creating a community of people that that's that's the I think that's the ticket to success in this industry in specific a thousand percent and I uh, I totally agree with you it like makes me emotional to think about I know that feeling of like this is hard I don't want to do this I'm scared of what's going to happen this uh, you know just so many things that you can tell yourself in that narrative that you can easily go down that rabbit hole but keep pushing through and finding the right space and i genuinely believe like from the bottom of my heart that you will find your spot in the industry Mm -hmm. and you will find what you are meant for in this industry and it's really hard and there's so many times I mean I look back now and I'm just like there's a million reasons why I could think like that you know I'm not meant for anything in this industry like it's very hard to overcome those thoughts Mm -hmm. but it will happen Mm -hmm. but yeah like you said just making your own space and trailblazing through stuff and thinking like why not me like i i could have a success in this industry mm-hmm. as well yeah and it's and I deserve the success exactly yeah absolutely so carly i have to ask i mean we've yes. kind of like talked a lot about this so far but we're gonna obviously have to ask this question anyway what are your fuck you tools yeah i love that question man i think it's a lot of <laughs> to be honest like self-talk and just Mm. I have to like I'm big into manifesting Mm -hmm. very big into it you know what therapy is a very very big fuck you tool for me um because like we were saying it's very easy to get caught up in oh god I suck at everything I'm Mm -hmm. terrible the comparison factor I absolutely think having my like manifesting thinking about I mean that's that's like kind of cliche I feel like everybody probably says that but it, it really works and it really helps. If you can figure out the ways to manifest and actually like how to do it properly, not just where you say like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna make a million dollars. Like actually how to do it well, I think it can change your life. Mm-hmm. But it's hard and we're our own worst enemies sometimes. So mm-hmm. I go to therapy and that helps me a lot. I love that. No, yeah. Because it's a huge thing. It's easy to get caught up in all the bullshit. Um, simple things like, tangible things like I write in a journal every day mm-hmm. I have the five minute journal I'm sure everybody knows that. what that is mm-hmm. and it's so simple so just like I think that thing's like 20 bucks and it's such a tool because it forces you forces you every day to just what's going right in my life mm-hmm. and that kind of if you're always focusing on the shitty things like unfortunately you know law of attraction I'm like big on believing in that that's probably gonna keep keep happening so that is a, a little minor tool and just, yeah, I really think the manifesting is, is a huge one for me. Mm-hmm. It's a big one. What got you into manifesting? I'm a big manifester myself. I journal and I talk a lot about law of attraction as well. So what, what was like your, I know what my moment was because I like talking about that, but what yeah. was your like, this works for me? Yeah. It's, it's so stupid. Um, do you it's remember, do you remember, do you remember the secret that came out like a hundred years ago with that book? Of it? No. Okay. So it's like, this <laughs> like, is like, no. I'm really old. I feel like I was probably literally in high school or later, and this book, Secret. The Secret, became mm-hmm. popular. And okay. it, be, it was a movie, like whatever. And it was the first time I had, had heard the concept of what you talk about, like, and what you think about comes back to you, mm-hmm. basically, like law of attraction, essentially. And it was, it was that. And I was, you know, I was young and I was kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever, cool, blah, blah. And then I started just, I don't know if there was one moment, but I just kind of started thinking, like, my husband actually makes fun of me. I got this little sign when I was um, 
it's just like the dumbest fucking sign from like Marshalls or something. It's decoration and it says, live the life you have imagined. And I just popped it up in my bathroom. I love that. Just when I was like, I was moving into my first apartment. You know, I was like 20 years old. I'm like, I just like this for decoration. And it just became this thing. I still have it now in my closet. My husband makes so much fun of me. But I'm like, that is how I want to live my life. And I just started noticing like, I was like, the things that I have imagined and like kind of hoped for. Like, some of those things are actually coming through. And I think I was almost subconsciously manifesting stuff without really knowing I was doing it. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, I talked about that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just, like, held that in the back of my mind. Like, that idea of, you know, whatever it was at the time. Like, I'm going to make six figures as a stylist or whatever it was. Right. Like, I'm yeah. going to get clients. And, and I would just, for a moment, hold that feeling of, like, what would that feel like if that actually happened? Mm-hmm. And then it just started becoming, like... You know, and then, of course, once you go down a rabbit hole of manifestation, there's, like, tons of stuff about it. But I swear to God, I am 100, not 100% of the time. If it was that easy, like, I'd be a multi-billionaire or whatever. But (laughs) to just, like, say what you want, it appears. But there has been so many moments where I just kind of keep going back to that. Like, okay, focus on that. Focus on the feeling it would feel like if I reached these goals. What would it take? Blah, blah, blah. And so... I don't know if there's a moment, but that book, The Secret, from like 100 years ago, definitely sparked it. But I want to know your, what's yours. Oh, well, I'll have to link The Secret in the podcast description because that's what that's a tool of hers. Yeah. Um, mine was when I – it wasn't like a, like a thing. It was when I finally moved to California. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was going through a divorce. Yeah. I had had all my money stolen from me from my ex-husband. Oh, I, my salon that I owned, it was, it was a lot, like there was a lot of like negative things going on, Yes. but I was so fixated. I'm like, no, Lisa, like you're going to make it. You're going to yeah. live in California and you're going to yeah. build this success, like whatever. And then I did it. Yes. And I overcame, you know, he stole all the money, but I was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to keep I doing my it. Own money. Yeah. I, I can make my own money. I can do this. I, I will be poor and I will eat potatoes, yeah. but that's fine. You right. know? Yeah. So it was, it was honestly like the. When I knew that my thoughts were as powerful as they were is when yes. I finally moved out here. I love that. I got chills. It's so oh, true. That's, yeah. I love what you said. When you realize how powerful your thoughts are, mm-hmm. it will change your life. Like, literally. You said something You said something about feelings, and I'm all about chase the feelings that you're after. Yes. It's not about the dream. It's not about, totally. and it's how does that make you feel? Like, where does that put your head at? You know, percent. how can you fuel that feeling? Yeah. And you keep doing that. And I've said that even behind the chair. Like, you know, if you're doing men's cuts and it makes you feel like shit, don't do them. Exactly. If you're, if you're doing, you're working six days a week, well, that's a lot. But, yeah. you know, if that's making you feel like shit, don't do it. Exactly. So chase the feeling that you're after. One thousand percent. And sometimes it just takes a moment of that feeling. Just like. Just a, like a snippet. Just a, like, just a second. Like, you whoa, make, you yeah. make, you do your first extension client, and you're like, holy shit, mm-hmm. like, I can make so much money doing this, and I love this, mm-hmm. and then you just hold that feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, how did it feel in that minute? And I go back to that all the time. I'm like, how did it feel in that minute when I was like, what the fuck? Like, I have a education platform where people are actually, like, right. wanting to listen to me, and I go back to that all the time. I'm just like, I've imagined what this would feel like, mm-hmm. and it feels like that. And so it's really that it sounds simplistic. Like it's that simple. It's not that simple, but it is that simple. You no, know? it is that simple. It's like, mm-hmm. yes, you hang on to that feeling and you don't just say the words and you don't just write them, which I love doing. You actually feel that feeling of what it would feel like if you reach that goal. Mm-hmm. Like, and that has changed my life. That idea has changed my life a thousand percent. That's Carly's fuck you tools. That's my tools. Chasing, chasing the feeling that she's Chase after. The feeling. Yeah. yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. I was gonna say. So. Oh, have you read the Have you read the Four Hour Work Week? 
I have, but it's been a while. Okay. Yeah. That's another, that's one of my tools. Yeah. I, don't, I need to reread that. I think, I think it's a great um, stepping stone for yeah. people that are trying to understand that yes. feeling. Yes. Totally. Of not being crippled by things. Right. So, so that, that's a good resource. If you guys want to read that book, I highly suggest it. Suge- what is wrong with me? I can't talk today. I love suggest that. it. Um, I read it at night before I go to bed. I love that. Just a couple snippets. Okay. And it will help. There's a study about that. If you read just a couple snippets before you go to bed, yeah, it you'll wake up with the thoughts. It's like a whole thing. Totally. Yeah. Your brain's tired. Whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> love that. Yeah. And, I trust you. Hey, you know, sounds scientific, right? It does. Like, there's something about like your brain's like winding down. It's tired. Right. So it actually absorbs the information. Right. You can only do like a couple pages though. Right. Like it's otherwise like, you're like five pages. Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise you're just dead. Yeah. Um. But that that kind of like solidifies the yeah. the thought process. Right. Because there's a feeling, and then there's that thought process. Totally. And very easily, one bad feeling can stray you away from it. Exactly. And so, then you never feel it again. And then you never feel it again. Nope. Yep. You never even want to. Right. You're like terrified. You're just like, fuck this. Yeah. Yep. And there's a, there's a, I love that you said therapy though, because therapy is a huge thing. Oh, yeah. Um, we just le- rela- bleh, released a podcast episode today talking about if you wonder why nothing works out, it's because you're not dealing with your shit. That's, could not be more true. It's so true. And you know what? I've actually been going to therapy like on and off my whole life. Like mm-hmm. just, you know. My parents were divorced. Like, it was just a tool that they used to help me kind of. And it wasn't – it's helped me at different points throughout my career. And, uh, like, I – you know, there's been points in my life where my anxiety has just taken over. So it's helped me a lot throughout my whole life, honestly. But recently, it's so huge. And it's not like I have these, like, major issues. I mean, not that I'm above that. I certainly have had major issues. But, you know, I've worked through a lot of that. And it's not that I go to my therapist, like, bawling every time, like, with this major issue. It's just the small tools that – help me navigate through any situation really it's kind of like learning hair color like once Mm -hmm. you have the foundational tools you will be better off for like dealing with any situation you can you can deal with anything that comes your way Mm -hmm. so I love it I have the best therapist but I also love for my own personal therapy and self-care sitting in my car eating chick-fil-a and um just with silence you know oh I like that yeah it's it's another form of therapy cheaper way cheaper but Yeah. And a little bit more conducive because your belly's full. Exactly. You get good food. Yeah, it's great in a different way. Yeah. Same. Love Chick-fil-A. So good. Mm. Maybe I have to order some. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, Carly, this has been this has been fantastic. I love this. I love. It's really cool to hear again from somebody that I admire. That. Not again. Not comparing, but no, yeah. your tools are my tools. Totally. And I'm like, fuck yeah. You yeah. Know? Like it's it's not. It's not every day you meet someone you, you you really look up to, and I'm like, oh, my God, they use the same things I do. Okay, great. I'm on the same path. <laughs> very, very validating. I'm like, great, good, great. This is all we needed. Thank you, everyone. No. Um, but is there anything that, like, we could we could look forward to? Is there anything that our followers can support you in? I know that you are launching your merch. You launched yes. today. Yes. Yes. Yay, I launched merch, so that was a fun endeavor. Um, no, I mean, I just, I'd love to connect with you guys. I am the Blonde Chronicles on Instagram. I have my BCU online education platform. Um, I'm not sure when this podcast is launching, but I will be coming out with some more like in-depth courses. That's something I also want to focus on, kind of more focus on one topic. Like instead of just a 45-minute video on BCU of about whatever, um, it's, it's a little bit longer, more in-depth. So I have a blonding one coming up big like seven module very wow. in-depth and yeah. then I have an extension one coming up too so oh that's exciting super excited so yeah just um just always looking to collaborate with more stylists and 
like branching out with BCU and having more guest educators. So, you know, just come Big stay. Stuff. Yeah, just yeah. come hang on Blog Chronicles and scroll and just enjoy yourself. Yeah, and learn all the things. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, guys, I'll have her, all, obviously, all her lovely stuff in the description below. Go check out Carly. Carly is a noni. I love your last name. It's Thank such a cool you. last name. Thank the you. Blonde Chronicles, I've followed her for what feels like like 13 years, but apparently BCU is only two years old. <laughs> I think she's lying. But I love her. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, though. This yes. is always such an honor, and I am... So, so honored to be a part of anyone's hair journey, even in a tiny way. So thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for driving down. Oh, we can just keep going back and forth saying thank you. <laughs> it's a therapy thing. Yeah. I know. Well, everyone, I hope you guys love this episode. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow, whatever the fuck. I never know what to say. Past year, my podcast manager tells me what to say, but I forget. Yeah. <laughs> just make sure you follow us. Make sure you subscribe to us or Leave like us. Leave a comment. Le- yeah, yeah, drop a comment. I don't know. Um, but make sure you follow the fucking mentality we post podcast episodes every single monday um whether it's an interview or it's a rant or it's a topic whatever the case may be use us for your inspiration and tell all your fucking friends because i said so but anyway (laughs) we're gonna end it with my favorite note be so unapologetically yourself that it inspires others to do the same all right i love all you all i love that thanks for watching